It's her birthday. Happy birthday, Betty Sanders. Well, thank you. But it, you're, you jumped the gun by about um, a month, Steve. <laughs> I won't be 90 years old until the 20th of October. Well, I'm close anyway. Yes, uh, you're close. Yes, <laughs> Bob and Betty Sanders, a staple on Chicago Radio Midday for <laughs> years Yes, for uh, about 40 years. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, well, and anyway, you, have not, we, you have not been on the radio now for decades. It is so wonderful to hear your voice. 312-981-7200. You have a question for Betty. You can call. You can text. And if you think I'm okay at what I do or adequate, it's this lady that I'm talking to who's part of the reason for that. I will say, many years ago... Toward the beginning of my career, um, years ago, I was a producer for Bob and Betty, which was one of the thrills of my life, I must say. we had a very good relationship with you, Steve. And one of the things that I always have admired about you, your love was animals. And, uh, you know, it was really kind of interesting. Every time we turned around, you had booked something about animals on our program. (laughs) Yes. But, I mean, this was your whole soul and your whole life. And you made a career out of talking about and uh, doing things with animals. And I take my hat off to you because how many people follow a dream? And you had a dream, and you followed it, and you made a career of it. And so more power to you. Thank you so much. But we've got a problem here. This conversation's not about me. It's about you. So, Bob and Betty Sanders, how did that all begin, where a married couple uh, ended up being on the radio for a very long time and being at the top of the ratings for a very long time as well? How did it all start? It all started in Wichita, Kansas, when Bob was a a staff announcer on um, uh, KS, let's see, I'm trying to remember, KFH Radio. And uh, I was doing freelance work. And so we started doing commercials together. And we found out that we could work off of a fact sheet. Bob would, if it was a 30-second spot, he'd keep it on his uh, uh, stopwatch. If it was a 60-second spot, he kept that on his stopwatch. But every commercial was always different because we worked off of a fact sheet. Anyway... We, um, Bob was never happy in Wichita, and finally he got an opportunity to go to uh, Chicago, and um, I wasn't too thrilled about that because I had been working on trying to get a TV show going, and I was doing uh, fairly well with my uh, ambitions, but anyway, uh, Bob kept convincing me that it was so much better if we came to Chicago. The opportunities were great. Okay, we came. He started working on WBBM, and at one point they decided to go all news. Well, when they went all news, they had a very good listenership in the morning and a very good audience in the afternoon, but the midday was just gone the tube. So he had the idea that we should put together a tape and uh, just give them a sample of what we could do, which we did. A new management came in, and during the course of the management, there was a lot of changes made. 
And this tape, which had been lost for two years, uh, surfaced. And the new man, Jim Simon, was the new boss, and he said, that sounds interesting, let's give it a whirl. So we went on the air on April 10th, 1972, and our tenure at WBBM lasted for ten and a half years. So that's how we got started in radio here in Chicago. From here, we went to New York, spent a few years there, and came back, and everybody perceived us to be too old. So uh, we just sort of uh, retired semi to uh, our house in Wisconsin, and we lived the rest of our time there until Bob passed away in 2013. And uh, I came to live at a continuous care community in the Chicago area. But, so. but but you are doing very well. I mean, I've texts here that say, over and over, she sounds wonderful, or something <laughs> to that effect. Because you do, you do. How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. And, you know, the whole thing of it is, I always prayed to God, please, God, don't let me be a little old lady. I know I'm going to get old, but I don't want to be a little old lady who complains about everything, every ache and pain, and doesn't like the food, and doesn't look at the future and the whole bit. So I'm trying very hard not to be a little old lady. Oh, I can't imagine ever you, first of all, you're not old. Because yes, Betty Sanders, <laughs> no, Betty Sanders will never be old. So one thing you did at that radio station you mentioned, also WCFL radio, is you interviewed people that came into town. At that point in time, performers, celebrities would come into town promoting a book or, or, or promoting their latest movie. Tell me, if you will... Uh, and this is a question that you got all the time, I know. But your favorite interview, and you, you can tell me, just between us, the person okay. you thought, oh my God, I can't wait till they're out of the studio. Well, just between us, I think my favorite interview was with, um, oh gosh, this beautiful lady whose name is escaping me now. See, that's one of the benefits of getting old. You forget things very quickly. Uh, but anyway, um Oh, it'll come back to you. Yeah, it'll come back. Was there any interview? It'll come back after we're off the air. (laughs) Was there um, any interview that you thought, oh, my gosh, uh, this person is nasty? Betty Friedan was very difficult to interview. And I'll tell you, one of the things, and you've probably discovered this, too, um, there are two kinds of people that are hard to interview, those who don't talk and those who talk too much. (laughs) Because those who don't talk, you know, you get a yes and no answer from them. And those who talk too much won't quit talking so you can ask another question. So you have to finagle a way to get into their conversation to ask your questions so you don't sound rude. So it's really tough. But Betty Friedan was a tough one. She really was. And for those who don't know, who was Betty Friedan? Betty Friedan was one of the movers and shakers in the women's movement. And uh, she wrote a book, and I can't remember the name of her book now either. But um, it was, you know, in the beginning of the—this preceded the Me Too 
thing, mm-hmm. and it was uh, women's liberation, well, and they the women were trying to make men out of women, and that just doesn't work. I mean, we look at things differently, and uh, we may go from point A to point B in a circuitous route, and it's a whole lot different than you guys going from point A to point B, but we both get there. That's well, the whole so- thing. So you actually paved the way for other women as well. We'll talk about that when we come back with Betty Sanders on WGN. Steve Dales of the World on WGN, talking with Betty Sanders from Bob and Betty Sanders. Betty, I don't know if you thought of yourself in this regard, but you really did break the ground for other women in business and certainly other women in radio. Well, I'll tell you, when we first went on the air, Steve... Uh, we did. I did not get good response from our listening audience. There were many women who were very upset that I was on the radio and I wasn't at home taking care of my children. Well, my children were in their late teens, and so I didn't have to be hands-on with them. But these women just couldn't see me being outside in the working world. But fortunately, um, I um, I didn't have to worry about that, and uh, we continued, and that's the way it is. By the way, that person that I couldn't remember before, Carol Burnett. Carol Burnett was one of the nicest people I have ever met. And when she came in to be interviewed with us, she sat in the back of our studio, and anybody who came in, somebody with maybe a weather report or some breaking news or something like that, she got up and walked over and shook hands with those that person. And she was really one of our very favorite interviews, hmm. Carol Burnett. You know, I remember because, as I said earlier, I had the honor of producing the Bob and Betty show for a couple of years. Every guest you had on, no matter who the person was, big celebrity, big book author, or just an expert on, I shouldn't say just, but an expert on gardening, uh, someone who talked about security issues, whatever the topic was, because you talked about everything, you always wrote a hand thank you note. Well... You know, I think it was very nice of them to come and join us. And as you remember, uh, we always told our producers when we'd get things in the mail to uh, solicit an interview, uh, we always told all of our producers along the way that you say yes, you say no, but you say something. Because you don't want to let people hang. And um, it it was really very gratifying that so many of the public relations people who brought people in really did like us and really did want to work with us. So, you know, those were kind of the glory days of uh, talk radio from my standpoint, because authors were traveled around the country. So we got a pick and, and we could pick and choose who we wanted to talk to. Um, all kinds of people traveled, movie people came in, and we just really had um, a plethora of very, very interesting people to talk to. So it was it was very good. And 
it was their time they spent with us. They gave us their time for our show, and uh, we gave them their time for talking about the thing that brought them to us. So anyway, um, notes were very nice because it just felt good. Now, I love this next question from a text. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? I, I hope so. Okay. I don't know. Do you remember the time? This is what it reads. Do you remember the time that Bob and Betty had a big fight with one another? Remember, you're a married couple, so that's why I love this. On the air. Did that ever happen? No, it never <laughs> happened. It never happened. Uh, there were times, well, first of all, we didn't fight. Okay, we had disagreements, but the last 10 minutes of our prep time, we never got together because there could be something that one of us would say that would tick the other one off, and then we'd have to go on the air when we were upset. But it's amazing when you're on the air and uh, you're, you have a, an image to portray, you don't let it get in front of you. You keep it in the rear, and by the time you're on the air for 20 minutes, everything is forgotten and you're ready to go and no holds barred. Well, I'd argue that image is real, that Bob and Betty were, and Betty still is. I mean, they're the nicest people in the world. I mean, that wasn't just an image. That was real. Having said that, was it difficult at times to work with your spouse? Not really, because we had, uh, it, we had a chemistry between us. It was really good, and um, um, it, it was very, very easy for us to work together. And we split up our work day from our personal life so that Bob would, uh, we lived in the suburbs for a good part of the time, and he would drive into work in the, in the morning, and I would look over the newspapers and pick out stuff that I thought might be interesting to throw into the show. And uh, he would drive home, um, I mean, I would drive home, and I never liked to take the same route twice. And quite frequently, he'd be working a crossword puzzle, and he'd look up from the newspaper, and he'd say, where are we anyway? <laughs> because I always wanted to take a different route home. So anyway, but no, we we really had a beautiful relationship, and um, it lasted a long time. We were married uh, over almost uh, 60 years, and um, it was good. It was really good. So what is the secret to a successful marriage? Well, for one thing, communication. You have to talk to each other. And, you know, you don't want to place blame because you might be as guilty as the other guy of uh, doing something to disrupt the apple cart. But communicating is the most important thing. And um, I don't know, just being respectful of each other. You know, you remember Sonny and Cher, how they used to tease each other, but they were always some kind of teasing on the square. And we never figured we should do that. I mean, it, you know, we were always trying to be the other guy's cheerleader. So, we had a good time together, and uh, we were very much 
off the air the way we were on the air. So it was, I feel blessed that we had the show we had, that I had the life I had and my career and everything. I, I had it all. I had a marriage, I had children, and I had a career. What more can you ask for? Well, indeed, that is true. Uh, what do you think was the best thing for you about working in radio and in Chicago? Well, one thing about radio is the anonymity. Uh, I remember one time we went to a restaurant. Uh, it was during the holiday season. And at the restaurant were Jeannie and Johnny Morris. You remember them, sports yes. people? Yes. Well, anyway, they were TV people and we were radio people. And they were interrupted constantly by people coming to their table to say hello and, you know, whatever they wanted to say. And nobody bothered us at all. We and our children had a lovely meal in a delightful restaurant, and we had the anonymity of radio. And I I liked that very much. Well, you know, uh, the other thing you had was a relationship, because once people found out, okay, that's Bob and Betty Sanders, it's like they lived next door to you their entire lives. You were everyone's friend. And that's how listeners, I think, felt about you. Well, you know, we were on the air Monday through Friday. So that meant that we worked every Thanksgiving on the air. And I used to love to be on the air on Thanksgiving because we got so many people calling us or writing us that we were in the kitchen with them while they were fixing the turkey and the pies and the whole bit. And it felt good because it felt like we were part of those folks' Thanksgiving. And um, that's the kind of thing we really enjoyed, being part of other people's lives in a very good and positive way. Well, people do remember you, and a lot of people are just saying, send Betty our love, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday, over and over (laughs) again. Uh, And if that feels good, it should, Betty Sanders, because you brought so much joy to so many people for a very long time. And for me personally... Oh, my gosh. I learned so much from Bob and Betty Sanders. It's a pleasure to talk to you, and I'm glad you agreed to come on the radio with little old me. Thank you so much. I'll tell you, you had me on with uh, some pretty heavy hitters, and I appreciate (laughs) the the fact that you thought I belonged in this program. So thank you so much, Steve. It's uh, been a pleasure. It always has been a pleasure working with you and talking with you and And if anybody thinks that being on the radio is just sitting and talking to somebody, they've got another thing coming. (laughs) I can hear in your voice the energy that you're portraying, and that's true. I mean, it takes a lot of energy to do a show like yours, and you're doing a super job. And thank you for inviting me. I'll I'll write you the check for 10 bucks, no problem. (laughs) Thanks. Betty Sanders. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, right. Betty, thank you so much. Well, thank you, Steve, and uh, I wish you many, many more happy years on WGN and many, many more wonderful guests. Thank you so much. Hold on. I'm going to use you. Say, we go to the 3 o'clock news, Northwestern Medicine Newsroom next. Can you do that? 
Oh, can I do what? Oh, never mind. I got. <laughs> I wanted you to go. I'm not and, sure what you're do. What you want me to do? You know what? I barely know what I'm doing. Thank you, Betty. <laughs> Thanks. Bye bye. Bye bye.